Hello, and welcome to the IP Podcast, brought to you by Danes, one of Europe's leading firms of specialist patent and trademark attorneys. The IP Podcast is all about intellectual property and how IP can add significant value to startups and SMEs, particularly when they're looking to grow and finance that growth. So if your company is investing in patents or trademarks, or considering doing so, then this podcast is for you. We'd love to hear from you on what areas of IP are important to your business. So please email us at info at and we'll aim to cover these issues in a future podcast. Also, if you do enjoy this podcast, please remember to subscribe for future episodes. Hi there, and welcome to the IP podcast. In the last episode, we mentioned that this episode would be about freedom to operate. However, we've had a change of plan and today we're going to be taking a complete break from patents and talking about trademarks. So for this episode, I'm delighted to be joined by Elaine Dees, a partner in our trademark team here at Danes, who's going to give us an introduction to trademarks. Hi Elaine, how are you? And can you introduce yourself to our listeners? Yeah, hi Ollie, I'm really well, thanks. Hi everyone. As Ollie says, I'm Elaine Dees and I'm a partner in the Danes trademark team, which now has 11 qualified trademark attorneys. I joined Danes in 1996 and qualified as a UK and European trademark attorney in 2002. Since then, I've been working with a whole range of clients across a wide range of sectors, advising them on how best to obtain and protect their trademarks around the globe. I've helped companies clear and register their first trademark. I've built and managed international trademark portfolios and help to develop and implement global rebranding strategies. Great. Thanks, Elaine. And it's great to have you on the podcast today. So let's start at the beginning. What is a trademark? Right. Well, a trademark is basically a sign, such as a logo, brand, company or trading name, which distinguishes your goods or services from those of another trader. Other signs that could potentially be registered as a trademark include sounds, smells, colours, colour combinations, 3D marks, holograms and movement marks although not all of these can be registered as trademarks in all countries. Generally speaking, in order to be registrable, a trademark must be distinctive and mustn't describe the goods or services for which it is to be protected or a characteristic of those goods or services. There may be exceptions to this general rule where a mark has acquired secondary meaning as a result of its extensive use, such as a mark which would normally be regarded as unregisterable might in fact be able to achieve registration. Okay. And why and when should I start thinking about registering a trademark? Broadly speaking, registering your trademark gives you the right to prevent others from subsequently using or registering your mark or a confusingly similar mark for the goods or services for which your mark is registered or similar goods or services. A registered trademark acts as a really good deterrent to third parties and can help to reduce the likelihood of others adopting a similar mark and therefore the risk of people confusing someone else's mark with your mark. Although a trademark that hasn't been registered may benefit from some protection in certain circumstances, it is much more difficult and expensive to enforce unregistered rights against a third party than it is to enforce a registered trademark. As for the question of when you should think about registering a trademark, again, the general rule is the sooner the better. If you're already using a mark that isn't currently registered as a trademark, you should consider trying to register it as soon as possible. If you're considering launching a new brand or using a new name or mark, you should start thinking about trademark protection as early in the process as possible. There is a risk that if you don't seek protection for your trademark at the earliest possible opportunity, a third party might get in first and then they could obtain a registration of the identical mark or a closely similar mark, which they could then use to try and stop you from using or continuing to use your mark. 
this could potentially mean you having to adopt an entirely different mark. And clearly being forced to rebrand could have some serious financial or other implications for your business, particularly if you've been selling your products or offering your services for a reasonable length of time or have put a considerable amount of time and effort into advertising or promoting your brand. Another thing that's worth bearing in mind is that a registered trademark can be a very valuable asset, which can be exploited to increase revenue, for example, by licensing it for use by third parties and collecting royalties, or perhaps selling it to a third party when it's no longer of any commercial interest to you. And Elaine, do I need to register my trademark if I've already had my company name and domain names registered? That's a really good question and one we get asked a lot. It is a common misunderstanding that if you've registered your company name and your domain name, that this gives you the right to use your name or mark, but that is not the case. Trademark registration, company name registration, and domain name registration are entirely separate processes, and neither a company name registration nor a domain name registration give you any trademark protection. So although both a company name registration and domain name registration might help if you're trying to assert unregistered rights in a particular name or mark, you can't rely on either in an action for trademark infringement, and neither of them will give you the right to actually use your name or your mark. So it's therefore really important to seek separate registered trademark protection if you want to put yourself in the strongest position possible vis-a-vis any third parties. That sounds like a really important point. But what do I need to think about before using or registering a new trademark? A really important thing to think about is whether you wish to have any availability or clearance searches conducted. These aren't compulsory, but they are a really useful way of identifying potential obstacles, use or registration of your proposed mark before you've invested too much time and money in it. Clients generally prefer to be aware of obstacles as early as possible in the process because, as I mentioned earlier, it can be a lot more difficult and costly if you're forced to stop using a mark several months or years down the line. And there are all sorts of different types of searches we can offer depending on your requirements and budgets. It's also a really good idea to check with a trademark attorney whether your proposed new mark is likely to be registered as a trademark before you get too attached to it. It's a good idea to have a short list so that you have something to fall back on if you're told that your first choice is unlikely to be accepted for registration as a trademark because, for example, it's descriptive. Okay. And on to more kind of practical issues, how do I go about registering my trademark? Okay, you have to start by filing an application with the relevant trademark office, or if you're looking for protection in numerous countries' offices. As a minimum, in the application, you'll need to specify the mark and the digital services for which you wish to protect your mark and provide details of the applicant or owner. In some countries, you might have to provide a declaration that you are using or that you have a genuine intention to use the mark and or specify other filing bases, for example, a corresponding home application or registration. You may sometimes be required to provide supporting documents, such as a power of attorney, but this isn't necessary in the case of a UK or EU trademark. Once you file the application, the trademark office will then examine it to check whether it satisfies requirements for registration according to the local law or practice. The office has no objections to your application, or if it has raised any objections and these have then been overcome, the application will normally then be published, at which point third parties can oppose the application should they wish to try to prevent it becoming registered. If or when any oppositions have been overcome, the mark will then be registered. Another practical question, how much is it going to cost to register a trademark? That's another good and commonly asked question. The costs can vary quite a lot from country to country and will depend on the number of classes of goods or services to be covered. Goods or services are classified into 45 classes for trademark registration purposes, depending on their nature or purpose. By way of example, The cost of preparing and filing an application to register a trademark in the UK for one class of goods or services is around £500, including our fees and the official fees payable to the trademark office. 
If you do require more than one class, there would be an additional charge for each extra class. By way of comparison, the cost of preparing and filing an EU trademark, which covers all of the EU member states, in one class is around £1,300, again, including our fees and official fees. As before, there would be additional charges for extra classes. If a UK or EU application passes through the examination and publication stages without encountering citations, objections or oppositions, you're probably looking at further costs of about £200 to £350 up to registration. In terms of applications elsewhere, by way of a very rough guide, you might expect the initial filing cost for one mark in one class to average out at about £800 to £1,200 per country. Again, this includes our fees and official fees and, where appropriate, our local associates fees. However, I would always recommend that you request an estimate from your trademark attorney based on your particular requirements on a case-by-case basis so as to avoid any nasty surprises. Obviously, if an application does encounter objections, oppositions or other problems, these will need to be dealt with and there will be costs associated with dealing with them. These costs will usually be largely time-based, so will vary quite a lot from case to case, depending on the number and the nature of obstacles encountered and on the country. Okay, so that covers the costs, but what about time? How long is it going to take to get a trademark registration? Okay, lots of different factors will come into play here, and, it, and it's difficult to say for sure. But the timescales can vary greatly from case to case and from country to country. In some cases, it can take as little as three to four months for a trademark to achieve registration, whilst in others, it could take several years if, for example, an application encountered a third-party opposition, or you had to prove that the mark was in use in the relevant country before the mark could be registered. For a very straightforward UK application that doesn't encounter any objections, oppositions or other issues, you're likely to be looking at about four months from filing the registration. And once the trademark is, is registered, how long does that registration actually last? In most territories, a trademark registration has to be renewed every 10 years. There are a few exceptions. There's no limit to the number of times you can renew your trademark registration, though in some countries it is necessary to prove that a mark is in use at the time of each renewal. This isn't necessary in the case of an EU or UK trademark. And how can I stop others using or trying to register my trademark or a similar trademark? In some cases, it will be that formal action will be necessary or appropriate, but it is often possible to resolve conflicts without the need to get involved in formal legal proceedings. And for this reason, it's really important that if you become aware of a third party using a mark which is identical to your mark or which you think is so similar that it's likely to be confused with your mark, you get in touch with the trademark attorney as quickly as possible. They'll be able to advise you as to your options and come up with an appropriate strategy based on the particular circumstances and on your budget and priorities. Many of our clients have trademark watches in place, which alert them when a third party application for a potentially conflicting mark is published for opposition purposes. We can arrange trademark watches in most territories of the world on a country by country, regional or worldwide basis. We can also arrange other watches such as applicant watches, domain name watches, company name watches, web watches and social media watches. And all of these can be really useful tools for trademark owners who are keen to keep an eye on what third parties, including their competitors, are up to and take prompt action in the event of a potential infringement or conflict situation. So if one of our listeners is interested in getting protection for their trademark or understanding more about their trademarks, what should they do next? They should talk to us. Get in touch. If you already have a contact at Danes, please contact them. And if they're not able to assist, they will put you through to one of our trademark experts. Alternatively, please contact us at trademarks at danes.com. Great. Thanks, Elaine. I think that's given a, a really clear and concise introduction to the world of trademarks. 
As Elaine's just said, if you'd like to get in contact with us, please do so via trademarks at danes.com or we are actually hosting a live hour-long introduction to trademarks webinar next week on Thursday 30th of July in which Danes trademark attorneys Alexandra Knott and Adam Kellett will provide a more detailed introduction into the world of trademarks. If you'd like to register for this webinar, please go to www.danes.com and click on the purple webinar banner halfway down the homepage. If you're listening to this podcast after 30th of July, you can hear a recording of the webinar on the Inspired Thinking tab of our website. Finally, many thanks to Elaine and congratulations on making your podcast debut. I hope you've enjoyed it. Thanks, Ollie. Yes, I really enjoyed it. And uh, I hope our listeners found it useful. I'm sure they have. Okay, thanks everyone for listening. In our next episode, we're going to be returning to the world of patents and Mark will be back to guide us through freedom to operate. So until then, bye for now. Thanks, Ollie. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode of the IP Podcast, brought to you by Danes. If you'd like to contact us about any IP-related issues, please email us at info at danes.com or contact us via LinkedIn, Twitter or Facebook or visit our website danes.com. In the meantime, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already.